today yep. on the Bolster <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Yo, DJ Tobin's in the house. Jesus what up, what Christ. Up? <laughs> I was walking over to the computer and the cat was laying there and she had her fucking front paws all stretched out. I was like, look at them little toe beans. Hence, DJ toe beans. Because <laughs> you can a- put DJ in front of anything and it's it becomes legitimate, right? <laughs> no, no. Totally yes. disagree. DJ no. whatever the fuck. Well, DJ, fuck your DJ Frosty Tips. See, there you go. So, <laughs> Not for long. Not for long. You'll do it again or something fucking stupid again. You know what? <clears throat> I just hope I never like uh, get a job where I don't have to look a certain way because I'll like <laughs> I'll fuck everything up. I'll get tapped right, everywhere. If you don't have that, yeah. If you don't have that constraint, like, oh god. <laughs> Okay, like, my hair is uh, green now. I have tats on every square inch of my body. Right. Yeah, what's Check up? out my cheek tat. <laughs> <laughs> Which, well, you know, I don't, I don't have a problem with that if that's what you want to do. Um, but when people fuss about, oh, I couldn't get a job here or there, it's like, but you know that. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that you know that going in when you get tattoos on your neck or your face. Right. And a lot of those folks tend to be creatives, artists, other, ta- you know, if you're a tattoo artist and you've been doing it 10 years and that's how you make your money, I get it. You know, uh, was it Travis Barker? Uh, who do you play drums for? Blink-182, I think. Yep. Um, and he said that he got the tattoos all up his neck and face so that he had no other option. Like I had to make it as a drummer because I done fucked up. <laughs> and it was like, I, <laughs> I, I, I get it. You know? Yeah. I mean, honestly, what you're telling the world, if you've done some shit like that and you're not sort of an elite, whatever in your field, what you have done is you have said, yeah, minimum wage is fine. <laughs> there was a, I saw a tattoo chart one time. It was funny like that. It was, uh, you know, uh, the, the tramp stamp said something like, you know, yeah, I, I liked boys in high school or something. And then there was one that was like, I'm an edge Lord. Cause it was, I forget something somewhere. And then, yeah, the neck and the face was like minimum wage works for me or something <laughs> like that. So I have tattoos. I want more tattoos. I love tattoos. I love ink. I love the history of it. I love what it, I love all of it. I mean, the, the body, the physical body is just a vessel. And I think if you can decorate it, plus tattoo goes back fucking tens of thousands of years. Of course, you know, it doesn't mean that there are a lot of things that existed a long time ago that are not a yeah, great idea. Fucking right? goes back longer than that. That's all I'm going to say. Well, see, I like fucking. I'm a too. fan of fucking. I like you know? fucking. I like tattoos. I mean, you know. I mean, murder's been around for quite a while. So I feel Fair like enough. maybe we Fair should enough. band together and just uh, be like, but it's been murder's been around forever. It's perfectly fine. We're traditionalists. So let's sit down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, kill, fight, fuck, feed, hunt. That had to become some rules eventually because it's like, <laughs> you know, at some point somebody's like, I don't fucking like Steve. Let's beat him in the face with a rock. Right. You know, eventually somebody had to come up with some rules for that. He's like, oh, 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 hey, hey, hey. All right, hey, Todd, hey. you got to keep quitting beating people in the face with a rock. <laughs> unless, it's with, unless it's with an octagon sponsored by Harley Davidson, with <laughs> fucking Joe Rogan screaming about it. It's not okay to beat the fuck out of each other. All right. Yes. Yes. Okay. So if, if, Uncle Sam's not getting tax money out of it. We can't then be doing it. it's no it. good. Yeah, I've just triggered all the fucking UFC uh, <clears throat> fans. So, 
Which hey, Joe Rogan's cool, man. Leave him alone. Joe Rogan's a fucking asshole, dude. I, I do not see his appeal. Those He's, two things aren't mutually exclusive. He can be cool <laughs> and an asshole. I saw a quote once, and it was perfect, and it said that uh, Joe Rogan thinks, so therefore he believes he's smart. And I just said, yeah, that's that's how I feel about it. You know, He's just like, oh, stuff and things. And people are like, holy shit, he's a fucking genius. I'm like, eh. I mean, okay, that's cool. Well, so. his fan base is a little fucked, but I think he's pretty cool. He knows, <laughs> he knows he's an idiot. Yeah, I think it's really, honestly, I think you, you nailed it. It's not that I have beef with Joe Rogan in and of himself. I don't know the guy. It's his fan base, right? The people that like worship at the altar of Joe Rogan. <laughs> Joe Rogan uh-huh. said, I don't fucking care. I have a problem with people that worship at the altar of anybody. Exactly. And that, I, so it, it, there's uh, what with Dr. Oz, he was another one. Oh, right? fuck that motherfucker. Don't see, get I me had started. family members that, oh, Dr. Oz. Oh, fuck off with Let him. Let me guess. Dude. Next fucking Dr. Phil said. But yeah, Dr. Phil Since said. We're talking about total, totally real, legit doctors. One's not a doctor. One's been debunked so many fucking times. I, <laughs> I think he's like a robot. One day he's just gonna be like that, that, that. Well, he's he's actually branching out into other shit now, so he can make money. There's like some kind of like Dr. Oz true crime because I, <laughs> I, I don't think his name is fucking selling echinacea and shit like it used to. That's all right. I'm saying. It becomes a brand, man. It's like Dr. Kiss Oz and fucking Metallica. into Unsolved Mysteries today. So today on the Dr. Oz podcast, we're going to go into uh, the, the uh, Dyatlov Pass incident and we're going to try to figure out what really happened. Yeah. Riveting. Also by the uh, anti-wrinkle cream on my <laughs> Exactly. Intercommercial here. Uh, yeah, I, you know, and that's, it really, that's a, a... Well, maybe if your husband had some St. John's wart, you wouldn't have had to shoot him in the face when he was beating you to death. <laughs> <laughs> right? They can give the, uh, the medical diagnosis for why they, they fucking did what they did. It's, you know, that's a perfect... Example, or or it's there, there's a uh, a parallel of people there. that should be drowned in the bathtub. Yes, there's a parallel there with politics, you know, and the whole. Uh, again, I've had family members. What was his name? Ron Paul. That were just fucking obsessed with Ron Paul, right? And people do it with Trump, and they they did it with Obama. Um, Calm down. They're a human being and and they have faults and flaws and maybe they're even pieces of shit. So just calm down with that that nonsense of of worshiping another human being. Um, right. it, I will it, say Ron Paul, freaky. I believe, is one of the last modern true conservatives that actually believed in okay, you know, we need to get this deficit spending under control. Um but that's that's about it. But I'm not like a Ron Paul follower. I was like, I like that thing about him. Exactly. Just like, just like with <laughs> Joe Rogan, I love Joe Rogan's comedy. Um, like I, I, as as far as comedically, he cranks out some really really funny shit. But do I wholeheartedly endorse everything that the man believes in? No. I mean. 
he's a person. And I've actually had this discussion before that we shouldn't put people up on pedestals, worship at the altar of blah, 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 because they're, they're still fucking people. That's why I don't want anything named after any more people because it's like but Joe Rogan said, <laughs> but he did DMT once and that makes me like him because I also like drugs. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you're right. The idea of naming things after people, you know, and now we're going back and cancel cultures wanting to wipe out all of these fucking places and people. I- I'm not sure why in the fuck we ever named things after Confederate generals and shit anyway they lost there's not another single country that i can think of that is as if they do i don't know about it meaning that it's not as public as the united states does it or as prominent as the united states does it but the idea that you would have this insurrection you would have this civil war and you would name things after the group that lost again i i mean a lot of countries have had civil wars some have had fucking multiple civil wars but you don't start naming shit after the losers i disagree uh, who, who i mean i don't know that's what i said i, I don't know who else has uh, done that all right well that I, I don't as far as like other countries and whatnot i still disagree it's not the the confederates were not the only people that lost that got shit named after them have you ever been in any street that was anywhere that used to be Indian territory. I mean, like half the fucking names in Wisconsin, they're, uh, you know, Indian names, a lot of shit in uh, Louisiana. That's in like, if you look at it, you're like, how the fuck do you even pronounce that? Like Pachatulas. That's different. I'm going to argue that's different because yeah, they, they lost, but we came over and murdered them. Like yeah, that, and that, then we celebrate like, their culture weirdly enough. Yeah, no, I, no, I just, no, 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 no. I feel listen, like that's listen. different. We didn't murder them. All right, we came over. We uh, sh- we broke bread. Uh-huh. That was Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. All right, it was very peaceful. Mm-hmm. And then they said, "You can have all this land." Mm-hmm. So we just uh, took it. They just, they just yeah, yeah. We they were like, <laughs> "Hey, if you totally want to live in this place, that's cool. We'll just go somewhere else." Did you go That's to school in Mississippi by any chance? Did you start <laughs> your education in, in the fucking South somewhere below the Mason-Dixon? I'm just uh, curious. Yes. <laughs> yes, matter of fact. <laughs> so what happened was, then we then we told them, we're like, you can have this land, right? We're not even going to tax it. No taxes. <laughs> you can do what you want. And then they stood casinos up and we're like, oh, hang on. So maybe a little bit of taxes come off of this (laughs) land i love the fact that the native americans popped up casinos and and i I love that i do they knew they were were like i love that because they were like oh uh, okay (laughs) pop and they're like no we're gonna make money and we're going to feed a bunch of white people's addictions I fucking love it <laughs> personally, but I'm an asshole. I've never tried to hide that. Per, you know, personally, I think they should be allowed to go a little further. I, I believe they should be their own little private island. And if they want to legalize, uh, you know, shooting black tar heroin in your neck on the reservation. <laughs> right. Fuck let, yeah, let, let's really bring some shit full circle. Hell Yeah. This is a see. These are these are the types of political campaigns I could get behind. 
<laughs> so your entire what? platform. Tar heroin in the neck. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Your entire platform is going to be that Native American reservations are sovereign countries. Like that's basically, it. yeah. That's... The fall of the fall of pasty white people is really what I'm after. Yeah. <laughs> I want to watch the world burn. So that would yeah. be a great way to do it. Yeah, I think I think that's different. I, I see where you're going with that. You know, I've got uh, I've got friends that are from Wisconsin, and they tease me about the way I pronounce uh, different um, cities and stuff. Uh, Harley's got a there's a big Harley shop, but Wisconsin Harley Davidson, I think, is Akanamawak. Akanamawak. <laughs> a matter of fact, he was like, hold on a second and got his phone out. He says, I want you to say that so I can send it to my sisters and they can laugh at you. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm no, I was going to say, I don't, you know, purposely go out of my way to embarrass myself, but Hey, here I am Bullshit. doing a podcast with you two fuckers. So, um, but yeah, I think, I think that's different one. And two, uh, there probably are other countries where that, where that happens. I just, I feel like the U S there's some of these people are very proud of it. You know, I had family members on my ex wife's side that called it still to this day, called it the war of Northern aggression. Um, the one guy wrote, he wrote a couple of books. One of her uncles wrote a couple of books and one of them was about, uh, <laughs> that was creepy, man. Um, <laughs> one of them was about, you know, the, the South, all of the atrocities that the North, you know, laid upon the South and all that. And during war. Crazy. Yeah. Right. Well, why they went to war, you know, that it was, that it was justified and all that. It's like, y'all were trying to keep slave labor, dude. I mean, yeah, I, there were other reasons I get it, but the money you were making by not having to pay people a fair wage, fuck. We see it nowadays. It's, it's not slave labor in the same sense, but, you know, people are, you, you, you pay as little as you can and you make as much profit as you can. And I get that's capitalism to some degree, but I also personally believe that the numbers show that you could calm it the fuck down a little bit. You know, does a CEO need to make a hundred billion, dejillion dollars? What was it? I read somewhere the other day that a, a CEO for an average company makes in an hour or a day or some shit like that, more than the average employee for them makes in a year. Um, and I'll, I'll have to find that because I'm sure I'm butchering it. But basically- you sure it wasn't a billion jillion D? It might have been a billion jillion D. I get the two transposed a lot. So yes, um, I understand. If but you, yes, it, it's ridiculous. If, if you look at it analytically, forensically, and as cold as fucking possible- and you literally take humanity out of the equation. The rise of the West was fueled by slavery and cheap labor. Uh, and when I say the West, I mean Europe, I mean the U.S., the, the whole nine. The, the, the rise of the economy pre-industrial revolution uh, was fueled exclusively by cheap labor because they didn't have a better way to do things at that point. And that's what allowed the West to come up and become dominant was using that as an economic engine. I am not justifying it. I do not condone it. I'm not saying it was right. 
I'm simply stating, stating historically that slavery is what put the you know the, the the West ahead of everyone else that allowed money to flow. And when the money was flowing, uh, you know, that allowed societies to grow in the whole nine. Well, you tend to get a lot more profit when your cost of operation is fucking zero. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that, that's precisely it. It wasn't zero, but it was as close as they could get at the time yeah. when there weren't really, I mean, literally the only thing that you could were mega scale anything were uh, plantations and agriculture, because at that point you didn't really have a lot of machines for factories. And right. when people, you know, a set of clothes was terribly expensive because somebody had to sit down by hand with a needle and thread. They didn't have, even have a singer sewing machine that they mm-hmm. rocked their feet back and forth on yet. Um, you know, everything was hand stitched, handmade, uh, so everything was terribly expensive, and Being that labor would be your biggest cost, right? Your right. The person sitting there doing it is is going to be your your long drawn out cost of everything. So yeah, if you're not, you know, and uh, dude, I love when I hear people say there's two things that I hear all the time, and it's like immediately the little the little racist box gets checked above their head in my mind is one, well, they're fucking ancestors sold them or their their people sold them to the fucking white people yeah but usually it was one it was the, the other tribes people they hated if you're dealing and, with yeah, someone like that was, just tell I, them that uh someone sold them a gun right right, that right. and that, that was going to be my other argument right is that <laughs> okay so uh if a drug dealer sells somebody heroin and they die is that drug dealer isn't it's not, you know, there's, there's some fucking accountability there. We were still are, you know, they were still buying people. <laughs> it doesn't matter who was yeah. selling them. You well, were still buying fucking people, dude. Right. Fuck well, off. And for the, 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 the tribes in Africa that were doing a lot of this stuff, um, it was kind of a convenient way to, for them uh whether it was right, wrong, or otherwise, let's say we'll just boil it down to because uh, I'm going to make them all white names. I'll just whitewash this that way; it's easier for me to pronounce. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Doug, you're whitewashing uh, slavery. Yeah. Okay, all right. So Walt Disney, Tribe A, <laughs> who is run by Bob, goes and invades Zoom Tribe Bob. B, who is run by Steve. All right, Bob and Steve. All right, so. Zoom Bob and tribe. and tribe A just fucking almost wipe Tribe B and Steve out. So we're going to go with the Kung Fu movie theory here. So as opposed to Steve and his band of uh, tribesmen running off into the woods and doing some sort of super hyper Kung Fu training and then coming back and Montage. winning the day weird John Wayne style. Um, what, you know, what Bob did is, uh, when the ship showed up said, Hey, I'm going to fucking sell you Steve and all of these other people. That way we've got all of their resources, all of their land, all of their everything. It was, you know, I'm not saying it's right, but I understand. Yeah. Oh God.
Oh God, what is Dan typing now? Sorry, Parker, um, yeah, Parker was looking <laughs> at the camera. <laughs> so Adam took a, a. We keep our webcams on so that we know when we've stepped away, or, or it just it personalizes the the whole process a little bit, and we make stupid jokes and point at each other and, do stupid and sometimes Adam's point at our crotch, like point at our dicks. Yeah. yeah. So my dog was behind me, and Adam took a screenshot of my uh, my camera my dog just looks absolutely appalled (laughs) (laughs) and i can only assume that even my dog was offended at doug whitewashing slavery and zulu bob bob and Um, steve but you're exactly right again it's 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 like sometimes when you're especially if you're a white guy it's hard to talk about slavery without saying shit like i'm not saying it's right I'm just going to go ahead and preface everything I say with, I'd like to think anyone who knows me or doesn't fucking know me just assumes that I don't think it's right, but you're, I believe you're correct. Right. And so for someone to argue that, that, that somehow removes any responsibility from the people who are buying other humans. um, Yes. If, if you're from another tribe of people that I fucking hate and I sell you into slavery, explain to me how you can not still assume that then slavery is fucking horrible. Like, I don't, I don't take somebody I hate and I say, ah, uh, yes, we have all of our enemies in this room. Let's send them on a Bahama vacation with fucking prostitutes and lots of alcohol. <laughs> no, dude, that's not how that's going to work. The other thing, <clears throat> excuse me, especially when you talk about it being cheap labor or whatever, is that people will argue that they gave them homes and food and, and all of that shit. And it's like, okay, timeout. They also, if they tried to run away, put those God awful iron things around their neck to where that made that exponentially harder. They did everything they could to break those poor people. And I, exactly. And it, it was minimal housing. Uh, They, they worked the, crops they work the fields so yes they took some food for themselves i mean again i don't i don't understand why you would use that as a as an argument now and there was slavery a has been cotton, around you know to, yeah cotton Talk I, and i don't know how many people listening to this podcast have ever picked cotton before uh dude that's just when, nasty when when that thing <laughs> opens up uh, that shit is harder than a walnut shell and going uh-huh. in and picking that stuff out. Uh, uh-huh. It is really easy to make your fingers bleed after uh-huh. you've done more than a dozen plants or so. The whole fucking plant is kind of gnarly. Like I yeah. didn't know that either until traveling through Mississippi and, you know, run across a field. And I was like, I want to get out and pull some fucking raw cotton. Cause our history, the the history of the United States kind of fucking revolves around it. I was a little curious and that I was just like, wow, this is not what I expected. So yeah, exactly. It was not. Yeah, it's not like, like thorny and shitty. Do what? It's like thorny and shitty and yeah, hard. It's, it's not like you're down there running through sheep's wool. Like, ah! oh my God, yeah. look at these dandelions. <laughs> Pulling the right no, one you you, you do not uh, d- dance or uh, fucking sachet <laughs> or anything else through a fucking field of cotton. It will tear your ass up. No, not at all. 
Um, it's uh, it, it, slavery, like we were saying earlier, slavery has been around for tens of thousands of years. The Vikings uh, were, you would steal other tribes and clans and fucking put them to work and stuff like that. So I think every race has um, been a part of slavery. I think the difference is that with the U.S., again, someone can fact check me. It's one of the most famous cases of being taken from one country and brought to another one to work. I mean, my understanding, or at least my hit understanding of the history of slavery and other cultures is it did tend to be within the same culture, you know, um, maybe the Irish would be the other ones. I, I don't know. But, um, to me, it's like, you know, the Vikings clans against clans. I think maybe native Americans did it to some degree. I, I don't know, but. Well, it's a little bit easy. I would think on a, a humanity level, you know, generally being horrible, to other human beings would be easier when they didn't look like you. Mm, mm-hmm. Then you could view them <clears throat> as Absolutely. subhuman, whatever Absolutely. else. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think that's where it comes from, you know, and one thing, and I, I've kind of argued this lately and uh, some people get it. Some people don't, is I see the word racist thrown around a lot and there is a shit ton of racism in in the world, in the U.S. especially, regardless of what people want to think. But honestly, I think where most people stand, it's not racism; it's prejudiced or prejudice. There's there's people have beliefs of other cultures that they don't like or don't understand, and so they kind of lump everybody into it whether or not they think that that human being dying is less, you know, heinous than a white person that I don't necessarily think um, is the norm anyway. You know, for me, I have prejudice, prejudices, prejudices, prejudice, prejudice, prejudices, um, <laughs> you know, too. And I try to work them through um, very rarely with other races. Um I kind of went through that phase, you know, a fucking child and teenager and realized that all humans are, there there are things that within white culture, you know, again, Adam and I have been joking around about uh, the, the country hip hop, uh, like the, the lax and uh, white people just steal every type of music. (laughs) Like they're the least creative fucking people. Like, Every good type of music just came from like uh, white people stealing black people's music. But well, that's, see, that that uh, uh, that's where I have to step in. This uh, I am not necessarily on board with this whole cultural appropriation thing. I'm not either. Uh because you know it, it when it comes down to it what you've got is you have another person. Now I, I would say that, you know, uh, doing blackface and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. No, wearing a kimono yeah. and walking around yeah. going, that's one thing. But if you're wearing a kimono because you think that looks fucking cool. Right. You think they're gorgeous. That's not a right. And, and it's like, you know, if 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 I turn around 
and I decide to go in the kitchen and I decide to cook Indian food or Chinese food. That's not fucking culture appropriation. I think it's tasty as fuck and I want some. It's cultural appreciation. Where is the line? I kind of judge. It's like I'm I'm, I'm weird as a white person um, because I think exposure to other cultures is just fucking awesome. I want more. Because, you know, hey, I, yeah, I was raised up in Alabama and I enjoy fucking fried green tomatoes and a, you know, a cube <laughs> steak with gravy all over it Hell just yeah. as much as the next person. Right. But the first time I had Chinese food, I was like, holy shit, what is this? This Man, is awesome. Tex-Mex. I, I enjoyed Mexican Ooh. food. I enjoy, it's like I've had shit from, um, uh, that were <laughs> traditional dishes in Africa, uh, you know, and so oh, far fucking I have not been exposed to a culture yet where I couldn't find some sort of food item that I appreciate. <laughs> and I'm glad we met those motherfuckers. But I think that's a great place to start, right? Music and food and things that you can absorb and enjoy regardless. There's, um, there's by the way, been- I wasn't saying that I disagreed with, uh, white people kind of doing their own thing with traditionally like black music. I'm just saying they're really uncreative because ever since uh, other cultures were allowed to make music, they've kind of dominated every genre. Yo, white people, white people invented the hurdy gurdy. So that kind of makes everything you just said. What the completely. fuck is the hurdy gurdy? The hurdy, you don't know what the fucking hurdy gurdy. Dude, the hurdy gurdy might be educate me. Come on, hearing Lamb of God played on a fucking hurdy gurdy will change your fucking life. Hang on, Doug. I'm gonna send you a picture. It's but like I, a. <clears throat> while he's working on that, what I was gonna say about cultures and about prejudice is that we have we have cultural prejudice just within white people, right? Because you get somebody who hears country music and they're like, eh, fucking hillbilly redneck asshole. You know, it's like, damn dude, they're just from the country. Calm down. That <laughs> doesn't make them bad people. So I think prejudice comes in all shapes, sizes and colors. Um, yeah, that's a hurdy gurdy. <laughs> they're fucking awesome. Like it's I said, like an automatic string. It's like a violin almost, but you don't have to have a separate thing. You just turn the fucking handle and it's, and you can it finger the notes. Than that, by the way, just oh, for anyone who's listening. Yeah, so. <laughs> and then you just use the you notes on the side. Like dude. a dying cat. <laughs> yeah, that's the noise it makes. Like I said, I, hey, there's listen. a video of a, of a woman playing uh, Lamb of God's uh, God. I can't remember what song on a hurdy gurdy, and I was just like, I, I, you win. <laughs> so, it's, a, it's a cool instrument. On Sea of Thieves, you can get a hurdy gurdy, right? Like everyone on the boat can pull out like their instruments, and you can do a fucking band session. Hell yeah. And if you get drunk enough on the game and start playing it, it plays it wrong. And that is what it sounds like when you play it. <laughs> in the game. I, I take offense to that. When I was still playing live music, um, getting shit faced made me sound better. I know because I hurt me. It made it sound saying. better to you. <laughs> kind of like when yeah. you get drunk, you get way funnier to you. Oh, well, I obviously do just add alcohol, man. <laughs> Say it. I played some. I played some shows literally on my knees because I couldn't stand upright, um, but still never missed a note. So I, I, I could I, because of that. I always would get irritable when I jam with guys that would get drunk, 
and just fucking like lose control of the fucking fretboard. And it's like, God damn it, man. Uh, excuse me. And we, we definitely, we definitely ran across that. And you would see that you would see shows where people were just so, uh, fucked up. They couldn't play anymore. Uh, we had a guy that got fucked up one time and broke a string and just like stopped in the middle of a song and started oh, no. changing the fucking string. Yeah. We kicked him out shortly <laughs> after that. We were like, yeah, you got to go. Understand. <laughs> he got drunk one night and started shit talking the bartenders because they cut him off and he's on stage on the mic talking about how the bartenders suck. And it's your job to sell drinks when you're at a venue. Yeah. Not, not get fucked up. You know? They don't bring you in there to drive business away. No. It's fucking dumb. Yeah, that was the night. Actually, that was the night we kicked him out. We got we were we were loading our stuff up and uh I just walked up to the to the drummer and uh singer at the time and I was like, Yeah, either he's out or I am. I said, because we we damn near got lynched in there. You don't you don't ever shit talk the bar, man. That's because even That's why if you you're don't there. Ever do what? That's why you're there to bring in people to buy drinks. Yeah. That's the entire well, reason. They cut him off and that's, and that pissed him off. So he thought it was okay to shit talk the bar cause they cut him off. And it's like, dude, you're so sloppy. You can't play. You're just kind of sitting there laughing about how fucking drunk you are, <laughs> you know? And we're, we're trying to, it was, it was like a Thursday night or something. So a bunch, we all, you know, most of us took off work the next day. It was one of those places where, they bring you in on like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night and let you play. They see what you bring in, but mostly they're, they're watching your professionalism. They're watching how you rock, you know, see if you're any good. And this guy totally fucking blew it for us, obviously. But what he didn't realize is, is that a lot of your music venues, this was Columbus, Ohio. A lot of your music venues, they're not really in competition with each other. People kind of, I guess, think that they are, but they're not. They work very closely with each other. I mean, I've seen venues where something happened and they couldn't host a band. They'd call their buddy that owned the place a couple miles over and say, hey, man, shit fucked up. Um, or I saw one time where um, a band started drawing way more than the venue could handle. So he called another venue and said, hey, man, you know, pass me a couple of bucks. We'll move this over to your place. It's bigger. So they're not really in competition with each other the way people think. So you fuck one. And I'd say nowadays they've probably got like message boards and shit. You know, they've got their own little Facebook. Their How fucking many clubs group chat? are the exact same way? It makes sense. Any entertainment venue. There's, would- you know, there there's seven or eight groups out there in the comedy scene that they can absolutely make you or break you. <clears throat> sure. And uh, one of the things, if you ever fuck around and decide to take some comedy classes, what they will tell you is to make sure that you record at least audio of every performance that you ever do. Because, you know, people have attitudes and sometimes you'll have person uh, A that owns a place and you got person B that's the manager. And, you know, maybe the comedian walked in, the manager said something shitty and the comedian made a joke about it. And then the manager decides that they don't like that comedian anymore. Right. And they accuse them of doing things like going under time and using a lot of swear words. There are when you're when you're not very big, you've got to draw in as big an audience as you can. 
And so you you stay away from swear words. You stay away from, uh, you know, edge material uh, up until you can build yourself sort of a following. And then once you're big, you can kind of do whatever you want. Yeah. But uh, there have been several instances where you'd get a manager of a club that decided they didn't like somebody and they would put shit out there. Uh, saying that, you know, this guy sucks, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, the comic walks in, plays the fucking audio recording or the video recording to the uh, to the owner. And the owner is like, okay, manager's fired. And then they put it out that, no, all of that stuff was bullshit. So he you just have to like had walk a, around with a body cam on to get into the comedy industry? That, that seems excessive. No, most people just use their cell phone. Uh, nowadays jesus christ that's still i mean to have to you know record that much but i again the same thing has happened in music i know uh bands that got blacklisted fuck we've been where the band i was in we got blacklisted from some places similar situations right the 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 whole story did not get told oh well they did this and they did that it's like bro yeah but you're only telling half the fucking story here you know um, but then we also had a very positive reputation. Uh, we played the Al Rosa Villa a lot and we got a very positive reputation there with the Catellas, the folks that owned it. Um, I think they still own it of being again, professional. We did what they asked us to do. We, we, we hustled to get on stage and, and fucking get set up and stuff. The sound, most sound guys liked us because we didn't fuck off on stage and try to, you know, tune and, fucking swallow the mic and shit like that. But the thing was, is that we, the guys that I was in a band with, we all had a very similar concept of professionalism and that you got a lot of bands out there and right. The venues can make and break you just as easily as a crowd can. Because if, if you get a reputation of being a cock smooch, uh, trying from the, from sound guys and stuff, then every sound guy that you run into, that's part of that same little crew Oh, it's these cock smooches. Okay. You know, and about halfway through, they're like, all right, you're good. And you're like, but I, I can't hear myself. At yeah, shut up. You're good. Uh, okay. You know, so if you got, um, if you got a reputation of, of working with them and stuff, dude, anybody out there who might be a, a musician or aspiring musician, let me, let me fucking clue you in on something. The sound guy can very much make or break you, my friend, because, their mix, if every other band sounds great and your band sounds shitty, no one's going to blame the sound guy. No one's going to say, oh, the sound guy sucked. But like if he dips all the fucking mids out of your sound or fucking whatever, no one's going to know it was him and no one's going to fucking care. So I'm not saying suck his dick, but act right. Maybe buy him a pizza. I, you know, I've done, we've done that too, man. Had some pizza and told the sound guy, Hey man, you hungry? Fuck yeah, I'm hungry. Come get some pizza, bro. <laughs> Come get some pizza and turn up like 50 Hertz. Right. Exactly. And fucking and bump us. And we, we have had a few sound guys that you could just see that they were bumping the fuck out of us. You know, you don't hear it as much on stage, but it was like, yeah, they cranked us, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so that was kind of cool. But I guess that kind of goes with anything, right? Is try to be a decent fucking human being. And typically people will treat you half fucking decent in return. Yeah. 
I'm uh, a huge fan of that. I try to be polite to just about everybody else I run into because, you know, I have had those situations before in my life to where, you know, uh, I may have been, well, not may have been, I was shitty to somebody because, uh, you know, it, it was, it was more or less blood in the water. You know, I sensed a vulnerability. I made it funny and more or less ostracized people in front of everybody else. And like two years later, it came back to haunt me in the most horrifying way possible. <laughs> it happens. I so, am a believer in karma. So, so even it, it, it's like even people that I disagree with, I try very hard not to crucify somebody. Same. I try to keep that conversation in that, okay, uh, let's be const uh, constructively critical in a manner that doesn't necessarily tear somebody down. Let's, <laughs> let's make this an exchange. I'll tell you what I think, but not in such a manner that I'm going to rip you open because the sad part is, is I'm really good at that and I have to keep from doing that often. There are people right now going back through our catalog of podcasts to prove that you are a liar <laughs> and that we do rip people open. <laughs> well, that that's that. This is We've one of those rated things. a person or two, you know. Well, the 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 thing is, is for me, that's what this podcast is. This is a place Us being where I can be sort of unfiltered. Um, well, like, maybe not to the extreme. No, and the people that we go after and and are, in my opinion, folks, stereotypes of people that I have dealt with that I tried that to to do what you were saying, to be, you know, understanding. I try to play devil's advocate a lot. You know that. I try to see other people's sides of things. But when I've put forth that effort to try and understand you and to try to try to work with you, and you've just been an obstinate fucking prick about it, I, <laughs> you know, I'm over here unlacing my gloves. Like, all right, we can bare knuckle this asshole. That's fine. So that I, I think that's the, I, we don't approach everyone in our lives the way that we approach certain groups, stereotypes, uh, generalizations on this podcast, right? That, that's like you said, that's a combination of everything that we think about and dislike. And we get to come on here and vent and pop off at the fucking mouth. Uh, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. And I, I encourage people, you know, we've, we've been discussing different ways of getting this podcast out there, YouTube, things like that media. We started a Facebook page, um, because we want the feedback, good or bad. You want to argue with us online? Let's fucking do it, man. You know, I'm down. Um, it, it, it's out there for, um, you know, consumption and debate if if that's what you want to do. I would imagine like a lot of things, though, people that don't like us aren't just aren't going to listen to us. And, and that's fine, too. Um, you know, uh, you know, who's definitely well, not we're, listening we're to We're not us? for everybody. I we're not for most people. I, I am. I'm for the people. You are for the people. Lester 2020. That's <laughs> why not. You're about as qualified as everybody else. Uh, well, you're definitely not, younger. 
Uh, (laughs) Here's what's sad. Today is October the 30th. Tomorrow is Halloween. And... <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> Sorry, I feel a tad argumentative. <laughs> like, yeah, when Dan stands on, like, hey, this thing that's totally obvious and logic is not true. Sometimes totally not true. it takes me a second to back up and regain my life because it in fun. my brain, it's, I'm like, how in the fuck? <laughs> but anyway, I, I troll and trigger Doug a lot with that. Yeah, I'll, I'll come out with something. Like, Adam totally knows what I'm doing, and Doug, I'm just like, the fuck is wrong with you? Like, yes, it is. Oh, let me. You're fucking stupid. stupid. NTP. <laughs> let me check the NTP on my. <laughs> well, so I mean, what, what about Halloween, Doug? Well, the, Halloween's tomorrow. It is, and the election Tuesday is scarier than fucking Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely has the. Uh, it definitely has the ability to cause more evil and chaos. Well, Either I mean, way, the thing is, is, is like, it's, oh my God, what is going to happen? Because listen, no matter who wins, no matter who wins, we have the two oldest goddamn candidates <laughs> up for president that have ever been. <laughs> so what you're saying the is history the first- of the entire United States. You realize that Donald Trump is the youngest out of the two of them. And with him being the youngest out of the two of them, he's still older than Bill Clinton, who we elected in 19 goddamn 92. He's older than George Bush, who we elected in 2000. He's still older. It's like we've got Washington. Jesus Christ, it, like fucking octogenarians. Look it up. How old is he? Uh, Donald Trump is 70, is 74, and his <laughs> birthday is like June like the 16th. Bill Clinton uh, is 74, but he was born slightly later. He's just a couple of months younger. Uh, George Bush, 74, just born a couple of months later. Um, so it's like, you know, it's kind of a technicality, but still, these are the oldest two presidents that we've ever had up for election. It's weird that we're, we keep electing old white guys, you know? I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I have the most money. Change. Let's elect change. an old white guy. <laughs> fucking old white guys in here. Well, they have the most money so they can buy all the ads and then oh, that's yeah, good point. people yeah, are dumb. So if they get an ad on YouTube, that's who they vote for. Could you imagine a fucking Latino presidential candidate. Oh, I, I would, would love, love it. to fucking watch the trigger. I would that. love it. Fuck yeah. They're going to make the fucking national anthem a taco and they're going <laughs> to fucking make all of us eat beans. Well, first of all, taco is The goddamn right. national anthem is going to be La Cucaracha, right? Oh God! <laughs> I actually had a fucking dude tell me this was God. I was about, I was in my early twenties, and uh, I think it was like I don't even remember, like Colin Powell or somebody. There was a, there was some, some discussion of um, a, a black presidential candidate, and I don't remember who it was. And this dude, dude was, I would vote for Colin Powell all day long. 
yeah, but he's too goddamn smart to run. He's like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> I'm cool with nah. <laughs> but he he legit, I remember he took a big old drag off a fucking cigarette because as, as I said something about it, he like, Pah! and it went in my face. And I was like, I'm a punch this bitch. Um, but he said, uh, we can't hire no, well, we'll just put brackets and say black man, but that's not what he said. And there was a hard R on the end of it. Uh, he said, we can't elect a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. like from uh, uh, Blazing Saddles. Yeah. You want to you wanna fucking elect a dong. <laughs> so, oh, the sheriff he, is near. <laughs> the sheriff is near. Let's <laughs> <laughs> call it the sheriff. You want to elect a sheriff? Um, he said, if, if we do that, he's going to make us all slaves. And I, I was like, we're... Like my brain short circuited for a minute. I went blue screen. I went straight like Windows ninety five fucking blue screen of death. I was like, I, "What? He'll make us all slaves." Yeah, I, he he can't. Like he uh, can't just sign something and be like, "Well, fucking all white people are slaves now." <laughs> and get what? <laughs> so I, I just I, I would love to see what a Latino. Um, I, I just. Like I said, the trigger would be fucking incredible. I, I, the, the one thing that I've said about Trump being elected is that it has brought um, – I think Adam and I were talking about where you take the, the old battery charger and, and stick it on a couple of metal uh, rods, stick it down on the ground and turn it on. And it all the worms come worms, out. Nightcrawlers come out of the fucking ground because they're like, ouch, and they come up out of the ground. I feel like Trump was the on switch for that fucking battery charger. He got in and people that I would have never guessed. People got real comfy. Very, very much so spouting shit off. And a lot of them will say, oh, that, you know, I'm just conservative and all that. Yeah, you're conservative, but you want to see titties. You want to drink beer. You want to have multiple sexual partners. You want to do all this shit. See, that that's not conservative. conservative. Not even in the fucking slightest. But you want to be fucking conservative. Yeah, okay. No, what you mean is is you want to keep fucking white people, old white people, uh, and, and people that you're comfortable with in places of control and influence. And that's, and that's you fucking really, death. really what it is. It's comfort. Uh, yeah, because absolutely. when you take a look uh, and you go back to Reconstruction. and uh, Atlanta, you're welcome. Let's say when you go back to Reconstruction and uh, they were trying to integrate uh, the South back in, Uh, the states were coming back in one by one, and then they had uh, Northern politicians who were basically to oversee how the South was sort of rebuilt and the policies that were in place. And the whole nine. And uh, there was a lot of resistance. And after uh, Reconstruction more or less got kicked out, uh, that, you know, then you had these things came in that immediately followed that were the Jim Crow laws. And it was because white people weren't comfortable with black people being involved in any sort of political process um, and, and, and having equal rights and the whole nine, because they were afraid that would tear down their culture. You know, they didn't want to be the ones under the thumb. 
And it's all about a uh, comfort level, um, you know, and we're still sort of, you know, in now we're in 2020 and we're still on a, all the being on a much different level, still having that same conversation because we have to, you know, we had had to have things like the Voting Rights Act and then you have uh, in... 2008, you have Barack Obama get elected. And then after Barack Obama got elected and we had America's first black president, you know what? A black sheriff? Yeah, we, we, we totally had the first black sheriff. That's where we're going with this. So after we get the first black president, then they then there's some little case that goes before the Supreme Court about... Uh, Something the way a state was wanting to change a law, change a polling place or whatever else, because they had been held under federal law with Voting Rights Act. Uh, The Supreme Court did a really weird thing. The Supreme Court said, yeah, you can have more control over your elections now. It's been, you know, 40, 50 years since the Voting Voting Rights Act was passed. So, you know, you can uh, you you can start doing your things your own way again. And the states went, uh, uh, what? So then around uh, uh, 2010, 2012, you started to there was kind of an effort. Okay, we elected a black president. We really don't like that shit. We had record turnout. Yeah, we don't like that shit. We had record turnout in this election. Uh, African Americans, black people, whatever you would like to call the group, um, came out in numbers that we've never seen before. So what we're going to do is we're going to start pulling polling places in these particular things. So they have to drive. 90 miles to go vote somewhere and then it's like okay now and it it was a collection of obstacles to be put in place oh yeah now all of a sudden even though there was like point zero 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 three percent voter fraud or something like that you know that voter fraud oh yeah that had to have been how he got elected. So what we're going to do is we're going to put all these voter ID laws in place. And then they started basically just piling on these, the, this, this, this expanding list of obstacles to make it more difficult for certain vote for certain groups to vote. And it was surgical in the process that they did it. So, you know, here we are, it's 2020, and we're still going through the, some of the same yeah, stuff. Say, you're seeing uh, a lot of the same thing. It's, it's just Jim you know, Crow with extra steps. Yeah, it's it's fraud. It was just like the whole mail fraud. Well, we can't do mail-in ballots because all the fraud. And right, it's like you know they've they've only been able to prove an incredibly infinitesimal amount of mail fraud any more than any other uh, Adam word of the day. Infinitesimal. Infinitesimal. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's the the gerrymandering. It's there's. I mean, we we these people even work 
tirelessly to control the who can and cannot vote in the voting. And that, I think oh, that's yeah. why there's been a big push this year to, you know, fucking vote, man. I, I, I know in my twenties, I went through a, a, where it was like, who cares? It doesn't matter to some degree. It doesn't because again, the people who own this country, it's, it's for a long, long time coming. It's going to be the rich white fucking people. Um, but get out there and vote and at least sway what you can. You know, for me this year, it was uh, uh, gun rights, uh, female reproductive rights. Um, that was that was my main goal this year was to see, you know, influence that the way that I feel like it should go. Uh, I know that there are things I can't change. I get that. And, you know, going back to the whole like the cultural appropriation and, and, and prejudice and everything. When people say, oh, you know, if a, if a Chinese, a person of Chinese descendant, I don't like saying Chinese American because I, I think that still ostracizes and, and makes them less American, right? If you say, that'd be like, call me an Anglo-American. Um, saying black uh, African-American, I, I hate that term. I'm, I grew up with black and white. I have friends that are black and they say black and white. And I'm like, okay, everybody has their own opinion on that. But when you say African dash American, Chinese dash American, Vietnamese dash American, eh, they're just fucking American, bro. That that's what America was, is that a melting pot where I'm at, you know? So if, if we had a, if we had a guy of Chinese heritage, whatever that became the president and people are like, Oh, he's going to make, fucking kung fu the national movie or whatever um so what if he does bring in some chinese culture into america yes oh one kung fu is not a movie two we don't have a national movie that but but wait if, but if this guy gets elected there's gonna be and it's gonna so just, he's gonna just he's gonna direct a new yes. movie yes just to make yes he's gonna bring david carradine back to life actually he's gonna be cgi carradine it's Carradine graphic. Uh, Wait, Kung Fu is a real movie? It's just uh, it was Kung a series. Fu. Yeah. It, it was called Kung Fu. Kung Fu. Yeah. And That's David hilarious. Carradine was uh, more or less the good guy yeah. that went from town to town, used no gun, and whipped people's asses. Like Bruce Banner. But oh, David Carradine yeah. did, did that? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And they filmed it, and it was like cops. They filmed it. And the actor David Carradine went around town to town and beat up. The bad movie guys. was just a documentary. It was a documentary. Yeah, it was a hundred percent true. Yeah, you didn't know that. Yeah, it's, you you need to be cultured, man. It's in David Carradine. Oh um, but but if they did bring influence of some other culture into the United States, why is that such a bad thing? Because people say, well, they're going to make it just like China, or they're going to make it just like fucking wherever. Okay, well, we're just like goddamn England. We're That's- just like Europe. We that's, just brought that's our commercial asses over here and dumped our fucking culture, dumped that culture onto the fucking United States. The whole point of the U.S. was this melting point and people wanted to immigrate here. And that's what made us strong was the diversity, the the different cultures all coming together and the best parts of those cultures being uh, fucking used. And it just seems like. Hold on. Yeah. I was going to say my, my phone's muted. iPad's not. Um, the, we, we're in 2020 and I feel like we're going backwards. We don't want none of their stuff and shit here and whatever. And Fuck dude. That's why you're here. You're 
go, I'm, I have Irish and French descent. I'm not a native American. I wasn't born or I wasn't, my descendants didn't come from this continent. We came over and we worked and we're here. And I think everybody has the fucking right hmm. to do that. We, Dan was on the boat. I was, I was, I was, I was there. I'm older than I look clean living we, and some of that Dr. Oz fucking face cream. And clean living my dick. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to totally crowbar this in because I wanted to talk about it and we're, we're at an hour. Um, but we were discussing John Deere as a service uh, earlier, JDAS. Um, Adam, expand a little bit on, on that because I actually did not know about it until you said that and I find that absolutely asinine. So it's 2020. So like farming tractors have a lot of software on board and automation and shit. With GPS, so it can be integrated. So if you buy a tractor from John Deere and you don't like John Deere's software and you want to load your own software on, uh, they can come take your tractor because you don't have the right to use whatever you want on the tractor. And now when you buy a John Deere tractor, like in the contract, it says that uh, you don't actually own the tractor. You're just buying the right to use it. So it's not even legally yours after you buy it yeah it's like i said it's, it's like software as a service we got john deere as a tra- tractor, tractor as a service, service. That, that's the way a lot of companies are are, are trying to go apple's yeah. been trying to do that for years uh as far as when the right to repair is brought up like just say for instance you know they the the classic comparison is cars you know it's like I go out, I buy a car. Well, let's say something fails on that car. I can go to AutoZone and get a part and put it on there myself. Or I can take it to local repair shop. Or I can take it to the dealer. I have a variety of options. Now, when it comes to John Deere and Apple, that there are things that only authorized repair centers can do because either a, they will only be the people that have the appropriate manuals or software for it, or the availability to potentially get spare parts where they actually want to sell spare parts. Um, So they're, they're, they're very controlling about that. I would encourage anyone uh, who isn't educated on the subject, uh, look up a guy called Lewis Rossman. He does a lot of YouTube videos. He owns a computer repair shop. And he is not a fan of the way Apple does stuff. And, See the guy uh, that he's, he's like a, a dark-haired Jewish dude that just cusses a lot. <laughs> That's who I well, think it is. I love so, that guy. Sort of, yeah. Uh, but what he'll talk about is they'll have, uh, you know, a phone or most commonly uh, a Macintosh or a Mac Pro or something else of that sort to where they will have a very simple part that probably costs $5, but they can't source that part from anywhere because Apple has controlled that spare parts thing to where the people that actually make the part that goes in their machine can only sell to Apple and yeah, cannot sell and to if anybody, third parties. If anybody tries to come up with a third party, because I mean, 
you know, anyone can look at a piece and a part and go, okay, I got some circuits, got some, you know, whatever I can do this. Apple will sue the fuck out of them. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not a legitimate suit, if you're some manufacturer who's making parts for the electronics industry and you've got somebody like Apple trying to sue the fuck out of you, it goes back to the comedy club. Well, slash. they actually have been losing to iFixit. Mm-hmm. Like they're a pretty big uh, distributor. I've used, I've used the fuck out of some iFixit. I've got some parts for my phone right now. I got a new camera after I melted my old one and I ordered it for my fix-it. It's a whole kit to repair it. And I'll do it myself. Yep. I, I love them. And people say, well, you know, then don't buy Apple. But the thing is, is Samsung, Google, everybody who manufactures hardware is going that route because they know they've got you by the balls, just like John Deere. You know, they do make some equipment and some systems that um, either you can't get anywhere else or what will happen is that over time, all of the manufacturers will do it. And people say, well, you have you have an option. But do you? If you have, you have an option between this manufacturer who does it or this manufacturer who also does it. Who also does it. Exactly. And that's um, I'm not a big fan of of corporate regulation. Right. But at the same time, when corporations start to gain the ability to sort of blackmail you or force you into a situation where they've got you by the balls like that and and, and they squash, you know, let's say Doug Adam and I all decide, well, we're going to create our own cell phone company and we're not going to do that and we start putting shit together, but every time we try to find somebody to build our phones because again, the market out there, Samsung and iPhone uh, Apple both use the same distributors for their hardware. Um, for a long time, uh, Samsung was building most of Apple's iPhone components. There was a lawsuit there because Apple claimed that Samsung basically stole a lot of their hardware and ideas for manufacturing it. Well, yes and no. I'm sure there was some of that. But at the same time, when you're manufacturing stuff for somebody else and you make it quicker and faster and better, you go, fuck, we could do this too, you know? So if, if, if Adam and I and Doug and, and we're trying to make a phone and we're trying to shop this out, but everybody that we got to get parts and, and capacitors and fucking boards off of go, God, you know, we'd love to, but you're pissing off Samsung and Apple and that's the majority of our business. They got too so much money. We're going to have to tell you to fuck off. So at that point, it's it, capitalism can go awry, right? And again, I'm not a fan of regulation, but I do think that uh, it's okay for the government to ask some questions. And more importantly, I think the consumer has to educate themselves and be educated and go, wait a minute, my fucking John Deere. And I think of all the fucking groups they're going after. I, I, but you know what? And this kind of just popped in my head. I was going to say, you're going after the farmers. But the thing is, is the companies that are using a lot of this John Deere technology and equipment and all that are your mega farms. They're your huge corporate corporation farms, and they don't fucking care. The tax write-offs and the and the and the bean counting, fucking shifting and shit show that these people do to keep from paying taxes on billions of dollars, they don't care. So John Deere gets to make all the money in the world, and these corps don't care because they're just passing it on to the consumer. They're not really going after the mom and pop fucking farms because one the mom and pop fucking farms are being destroyed, you know, daily. Um, and two, they're not buying these big sophisticated combines and things of that nature in, in mass, you know, and again, there are other, you know, like Doug said, there's Kubota and a lot of other 
companies out there that do what John Deere does, does sometimes better. Um, so I think that, I don't think that that's who it's really hurting. I, I, I think it's hurting the consumer who wants to buy the product because they're the, the corpse are all fucking in their bacchanal like orgies of money. Like, ha ha yes, don't actually sell it to us, lease it to us so we don't pay, so we can write that off at the end of the year as not owning anything, you know, <laughs> um, it, it, it's, it's the same bullshit, just different market. Um, but yeah, I think the cell phone industry, funny enough, has probably garnered the most, uh, attention because everybody has a fucking cell phone, man. And yes, I should be allowed to take it somewhere and have my $1,200 fucking phone I have to finance my phone now. Well, Dan, you could go with a cheaper option, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You're right. I'm not bitching about the price of it. I'm bitching about the fact that I've invested that kind of money into a fucking cell phone. And now you're telling me that I can't have a screen repaired or a a fucking antenna for the Wi-Fi repaired (laughs) for whatever stupid reason. Well, it's like one of the the most common ones uh, that – Apple is the world's worst about doing is they have these uh, stickers that detect moisture. Yeah. Oh, that dude had a video on that. I remember that. If you get uh, your device and the, the funny shit about it is there's a lot of these devices that they've got fucking moisture stickers in that they'll turn around and show dude man using this same device as intended riding his bicycle through the fucking rain with it on and, you know, water drops bouncing off of the motherfucker. But let's say one day you crack your screen on that same phone and you take it into the repair shop and uh, they've got their, those little stickers. Oh, that little sticker is not purple anymore. It's white. Uh, you got this thing wet. Your warranty is void. And if yeah. the room is too humid, the fucking stickers will change. Yeah. Like That's if you live thinking. in the South or along sure. the East Coast, it's going to happen. That would allow moisture into the phone. Because most, I think most phones are what, IPX, IPX7 now. So they're, you know, you should be able to drop them in water or IPX5 maybe. They can handle some rain. You know, they, they should be able to. Yeah, or you can drop them in like a foot of water for yeah. like 10 seconds or some yeah, shit like it's that. It's IPX. It's it's a rating for um, water... Waterproofing. Resistance. Yeah, waterproofing. There's like IPX3, 5, and 7 or something like that. And the I think 7 is full waterproof. Like he said, you can drop it water 3 meters for 30 seconds or something and it won't... Yeah, that's just that. That's where you get your videos of your, you know, your cool people influencers that go into convenience stores to buy alcohol just to pour over their phone. I'm sorry, what? Uh, I can't remember who the guy was because uh, you know I'm not terribly big into the R and B hip hop scene, whatever. But there, there was uh, somebody he he went into. A convenience store, and he like walking into the convenience store holding his phone, and he's just pouring champagne or whatever all over his fucking phone. Go goes back there, gets another bottle, takes it up, pays for it, and then walks out of the store, and he's just pouring the shit all over his fucking phone. Okay, so first of all, I don't know how how big of a baller you are buying champagne at a fucking convenience store. I'm just gonna I, put I, don't, that I don't know. 
just <laughs> all I'm saying is it he was buying it just, just to pour yeah. all over his phone to prove the point. It's like, you know, this is Don Perkins fucking champagne right here. Like, <laughs> right in brand fucking champagne. Making it rain. Yeah. Hey, well, you know, way back in the day, the fan or you know, well, actually it's still the fanciest section of Alabama, Mountain Brook. Uh, that always amused me because the grocery store in Mountain Brook was the Piggly Wiggly. Fuck yeah, the pig. And the Piggly Wiggly in Mountain Brook was the only place that I knew where you could go buy Dom Perignon champagne in a Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> I did not know. I know the Piggly yes. Wiggly you're talking about. I have I have eaten yes. from their awesome deli more than oh, once. Oh, their deli was great. <laughs> it was fucking phenomenal. But I did not know that they sold Dom Perignon there. That's yes. That's, that's because, the I only mean, Piggly Wiggly where you can go and get Dom Perignon and some collard greens. <laughs> you don't know you know you, you we were we were joking and of course you know everyone has their their preconceived idea of of alabama but mountain brook had a lot of old banking money if if you look up your history you'll find that birmingham had a giant banking industry um i think they still do right but they had a giant banking industry pre-civil war or right after the civil war i can't remember um but uh anyway so they had that and then railroad money Birmingham had a lot of railroads. So um, you would run into a lot of folks. I'm talking old money, big fucking money, uh, hundreds of millions of dollars in these people's bank accounts. Doug dollar Fucking Armani suits kind of fucking life, right? Um, so yeah, that's the kind of place where someone might run their fucking Lotus down to the pig to get some Dom Perignon for their their fucking thing you know um it 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 was odd because again you you have these preconceived ideas of of what alabama is and to be fair they they uh they all pretty much uh the, all of your your stereotypes are probably true for the most part um adam did did you get the uh, video i sent you of him not too long ago oh the doug dimadome yeah video. Yeah, <laughs> I, I vaguely remember it. Doug, I think, Doug, yeah, I can't even say it. I'm Doug What's he Dimba from? Dome, cartoon owner of the Dim's, uh, Fairly Odd Parents. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Doug um, Dimadome, owner of the Dimsdale Dimadome. Dimsdale Dimadomes. And that's you know, if you you think about it, like Texas, you know, you have your you have your preconceived ideas of Texas, but again, with the cattle and the oil fields and things like that, there is some ridiculous fucking money that comes out of of Texas and places like that. Right. But yeah, the champagne from the Piggly Wiggly. Fuck yeah. I miss the pig. I love that deli. <laughs> that deli was awesome. <laughs> like that was a legit lunch spot. Like let's go down to the pig and get some, uh, get one of their deli you know, chicken. And yeah, like you said, Dom Perignon and collard greens, <laughs> making it rain. <laughs> well, gentlemen, for the sake of not wasting anybody's time, we're at an hour and 15 and we do like to keep these around an hour because quite frankly, we figure if you're listening, you probably don't have much of a fucking attention span. So we like to keep them short, sweet and to the point. And also special shout out to any listeners. Thank you for listening. Greatly appreciate it. <laughs> we, we appreciate both of you, uh, including Adam's mom. Uh, you know, just, just putting that out there. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Adam's mom. Take us out, Adam. All right.